0: hello friends this is nathan powell i co-host a brand new podcast called dynasty double take with dan seno we join the dlf family of podcasts with unique dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format dan and i love to debate dynasty and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers coaching draft capital and much much more (laughs) Com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain.
1: Hey John, what do you call a
0: nun? Sleepwalking. Oh,
1: is this a dad joke? Please don't. Why? Are a you serious Roman right now? Catholic. A Roman <laughs> Catholic.
2: <laughs> We're, you stole my bit.
0: That's Travis the Beard. <laughs> he stole my bit. What do we? What do we do now? Where do we go from here? How do we start this podcast? I don't now? even. Chaos Just got. Professor Chaos <laughs> yeah, just again. thrown kind of into total chaos here. <laughs> uh. I am John, rookie draft dodger <laughs> Hogue. And this is the Super Flex Super Show. Back to the rookies because it's rookie draft time in all your dynasty leagues. We're going to talk some super flex rookie drafts. We're just going to talk rookie drafts in general. And uh, Travis, tell us a little bit more about what we've got going on. um, If you've uh, recovered from what just happened
2: for the record, I had a fantastic dad joke lined up and nobody gets to hear it now because we can't have nice things, James. That's why Uh, next, next week. It's coming. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. So basically, Basically, on this one, I we're gonna go through. We're gonna use kind of the rookie drafts that we've all done, uh, real life rookie drafts, and and none of this mock BS. Uh, we're gonna use some of this live fire experience that that we've had for this year in these rookie drafts, super flex rookie drafts, and just highlight kind of some overarching strategies as well as uh, players we're targeting throughout different areas of the draft. Um, players we're avoiding, um, trade out, trade in, trade up, trade down type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Let's let's get it going. I think, um, John, if it's okay, I'm going to start with you on the first question, sir.
0: Bring it.
2: So I figured we'd all start. Yeah, let's all start with the one player that we've all ended up with the most shares of throughout all of our rookie drafts so far.
0: Yeah, okay. So I actually have two of them. And this is going to, sur- going to surprise some people uh, for some reason, but they're both running backs. So <laughs> the, the, the whole theory with running backs is you want to – so you build around, especially in a super flex league, you build around quarterbacks, you build around wide receivers, and then once you get those built up, then you go draft running backs because they're going to hit in their first year, and they're going to help you contend. So that's why in my my rookie drafts, I end up going pretty heavy on running backs. So just to clear that up, because I can already hear it coming. You, you hate running backs. Why are you taking running backs? So yeah, I end up with a lot of running backs in my rookie draft. So I'm going to start with Rashad Penny. I end up with him in probably three quarters of my leagues so far. And that's because I already have Chris Carson on a lot of those rosters because i strongly believe in chris carson so you know handcuffing him with rashad penny ensures that i've got you know the the lead back in seattle i believe it's going to be one of those two and i think that more likely than not it's probably a two-headed monster between the two so to have that locked down Is kind of the goal. And sometimes I have to trade up a little to get Rashad Penny. He typically goes in a super flex league somewhere in the 106 range. And so I have to move up to get him. Um, But I'm willing to do that just to make sure that I've got that backfield locked up. And then the other one, towards the end of my draft, I'll take Boston Scott every single time because I think, especially with Mark Ingram suspended to start the season. Boston Scott is going to be the guy, is going to kind of take on the Alvin Kamara role, while Alvin Kamara takes on the Mark Ingram role. And uh, so I'm I'm really excited about Bo- what Boston Scott's going to be able to do in that explosive offense, and uh, I'm happy to take him late in the draft and not have to spend a ton of draft capital to get a very usable running back.
2: So you are reaching on Rashad Penny just like the Seahawks did? cool so. uh so my guy's christian kirk n- no surprise there i don't think uh
0: no nope, none
2: there yeah several several questions later where we will we will dive into that plenty so i'm just gonna leave it at that i've got christian kirk um in pretty much almost every single rookie draft so far and there's a good reason why and i i will hit on that in a little bit look awesome to that. yeah
1: i've, I've been in a few yeah travis and i've seen you trade up to to get them and you know you you definitely make sure to get your guy and i i appreciate that to me that's if you have a guy man go get him go get him and I, I wouldn't worry about even reaching a little bit um yeah no i i i, I appreciate that and then for you john i i really like boston's got a lot that's that's a nice late round fire in my opinion i think the opportunity is there for him to shine early and uh and you can find out kind of what you have early so um, for me, uh, the guy that I've ended up with the most is Traquan Smith. This is a guy whose um, opportunity uh, should be there. I mean, he was a, you know, a, a, a top pick for for the Saints. He was a third-round pick there. Um, and, uh, you know, highly productive player out of USF. He, he has speed. He has size. He has a lot of the intangibles that I like. And he's going to New Orleans. I'm not totally sold on Cam Meredith. Doesn't look like he's 100% healed either, even though he's running routes out there. I don't know. Uh, those of you who have seen some of the footage, but it doesn't look like he's running very well yet. Um, So there could be some opportunity for him. Um, Also, Ted Ginn, you know, that role that Ted Ginn is in, seems like uh, Traquan Smith would fit into that role really well. So I think there's a guy there that uh, could see some some heightened opportunity very soon in a high-powered Sean Payton offense. So um, I've gotten him uh, normally in the third round. There was one I, I did have to check, and there was one draft I did take him in the second. Um a late second round pick, um, but I have managed mostly to get him in the third, uh, mid third, um, even late third in some. So I've, I've been pretty happy getting him at the value that I've had him at. Uh, that's the guy who I've ended up with the most on my rosters.
2: Let's dive in a little bit here. I think I figured it was a good spot to start uh, with the first round. So let's talk a little bit about if you guys have, depending on what pick you have, kind of what are you looking to do is is what we're looking at here. So if you have a top three pick, what are you looking to do? Uh, Or what have you found yourself doing the most in these, you know, real live fire situations? If you have pick four through six, or if you have pick seven through 12, um, kind of what are your thought processes going in? And what are the players you're targeting in those areas?
0: I haven't started off with a lot of top three picks, but... Uh, I, I have been kind of in that top six range, top eight quite a bit. And I find myself trading up quite a bit into the, into the top three, um, sometimes top four, but I'd really like to get to three if at all possible that to me, that's kind of a sweet spot because that's where you can generally, you're guaranteed one of those top two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, or Josh Rosen, and I'd really like to end up with one of those two guys. The nice thing is that you don't have to give up a ton of value because, you know, you can hang out in that 6 to 10 range, and, you know, you, you still have Sam Darnold coming to you. You still have Lamar Jackson coming to you. If you don't totally hate Josh Allen, you've got a chance at him. So... You know, and and you can kind of frame it that way and say, you know, hey, hey I don't need to move up here. I'm I am i am happy with the guys who are likely to fall to me, but you know, at the right price, I'm willing to move up. And three is kind of the perfect spot because I I think Darius Geis still ends up going number two quite a bit, and at least in most of my drafts, he has been which means that at 3 I get a choice between Mayfield and Rosen and I've kind of I've I've kind of taken a couple of both in uh in most of my drafts. I've got quite a bit of Baker Mayfield, I've got quite a bit of Josh Rosen, and in both cases they're sitting on taxi squad for this first year and uh I really didn't have to give up a whole lot to be able to do that and that puts me in a position for the future where You know, the the, kind of the aging veterans that I've got on my roster are about to become tradable as soon as those guys get on the field.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, John, because for me, uh, you know, if I have one of those top three picks, really, I'm looking at uh, Saquon Barkley's number one, right? Whether it's super flex or non-super flex, I think that's a slam dunk at this point. So if, if I have the one pick, I'm happily taking Saquon Barkley. I think I've, done, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have that pick in one week where I did select like Saquon Barkley. Um, but, you know, two and three is really interesting to me because you have a choice. You know, I mean, are you going to take one of the top running backs or is that where you're going to start looking at those quarterbacks? So for me, my top three, at number two, I'm taking Nick Chubb. And I'm taking him over a quarterback at that point. Um, I'm really high on his future. I don't know that this is the year that, you know, he he hits his high ceiling, but I'm still taking him based on uh, what I think his ceiling is and uh, the role I think he can play in a Todd Haley offense in Cleveland. And at three, I'm, I'm taking Josh Rhodes, and that's my top rated quarterback. Obviously, I'm very outspoken with my Baker Mayfield ranking, but. Uh, I have been on Josh Rosen bandwagon since before the draft. I've been, a, been an advocate of him being the best quarterback in this draft, and that hasn't changed. I love his landing spot. If anything, uh, it's it's gone even further in that, in that regard. Um, if I'm sitting at that four to six range, I'm really looking probably for – I'm probably out of my league here because Baker Mayfield's not falling there, but I would have Baker Mayfield somewhere in there, and I would also be looking at the running backs again. I'd be looking at guys like Ronald Jones – um, Who well, I'm very high on, and Darius Um I, I would probably say that after Josh Rosen, I'm probably taking Geis at four. Which again, I mean, uh, guys and Baker Mayfield, four and five are normally not there. So I'm probably looking at my sixth uh, best prospect if if the uh, the other guys are gone, um, you know, in the top five, and I'm at six, which would be Ronald Jones. And then, uh, you know, the the rest of the draft is really interesting. That's when, yeah. I, I would start looking at some receivers like Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore. Um, Cortland Sutton to me is a little further down just because of landing spot and potential opportunity soon. I think you may have to wait a little bit longer to see that uh, return on investment. Whereas with guys like DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley at the wide receiver position, I think you can get that. Um, you can see kind of what you're what you're getting what you bought a lot sooner and kind of evaluate that and know what you have a little bit more, um, a little bit sooner than you'll be able to with Cortland Sutton. So. That's kind of what I'm doing, and if I am in the, there's a, yeah, I guess we'll kind of get into the tier cuts a little bit later here, um, but I do think it's important to tier your players and have those tier cuts. I think there's very significant tiers in this year's draft, so um, that's all I'll say with that, but uh, Travis, where where are you at here? What, uh, what are you doing on Superflex and non-Superflex in the first round?
2: So basically, I broke it down to if you've got a top three, I mean, everyone knows Saquon's 101. I didn't even write his name down a single time in in my entire notes that I made for, for this podcast. He's 101 every time. But so if I've got a top three, it's really 102 or 103. And I'm picking Mayfield or Chubb every time. Um, it, well, no, I'll take Geist, too. So let me rephrase. It depends on who goes. If I've got 103, it depends on who goes 102. Um, if I, if Geis goes 102, I've got quite the decision to make uh, between Mayfield and Chubb. Uh, I've gone both ways, honestly, and it just honestly comes down to uh, roster construction at that point because I, I value those guys pretty similarly. If I've got four through six, most of the time I'll get Chubb at four. Um, if it's you know Barkley, Geis, and then a quarterback, Chubb is sometimes there. Most of the time, I think. Uh, at four. So I'm, if four four through six range, I'm looking at Chubb, Rosen, um, or I'm looking to trade back, honestly, because I like some of these guys in the second half of the rookie draft. Uh, so in Superflex, if I've got a seven, 107 through 112 pick, um, it's usually best player available for me. And that really boils down to I'm targeting either Freeman Sam Darnold or uh Kerryon Johnson or Christian Kirk. And that is a pretty easy segue into our next topic here because Christian Kirk, in my opinion, is the absolute end of a tier. Uh, and that usually comes around for, for me around the two Oh four pick, honestly, because there's a lot of other players that get thrown in there that I'm not really interested in. Um, So let's move on to that. So we're going to talk about where where you guys think there's a teardrop. And have you been trying to trade into that top tier? So for me, it's really there's a teardrop from one to two, obviously, from 101 to 102. There's a teardrop from 105 to 106, kind of like I mentioned before. So I'm counting that as Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Josh Rosen, as the the top five picks, my 106 would be probably Royce Freeman, but I know I don't have to get him that early. Um, so there's a teardrop there for me where it goes pretty much from uh, from the 107 to the 204 is kind of one big tier, and and it's interesting because there's there's several players in that tier that I'm not really interested in. And we'll get to that in a little bit when we talk about players that we're that we're avoiding throughout the draft. Um, but that works to my advantage because there's several players that are consensus ranked above guys like Kirk and carry on and Freeman, who are the guys that I'm looking for. Um, so yeah. So two Oh four really, I guess is my main point. That's kind of like the drop off for me. It's, uh, I can list those guys out if you think that would be beneficial. Um, it's basically Barkley, Geis, Chubb, uh, Mayfield, Rosen, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, DJ Moore, Sonny Michelle, Royce Freeman, Carrion Johnson, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, and Sam Darnold. So that's pretty much the teardrop for me is and it usually comes around that 204 spot and we'll get to a little bit here. We'll get to it a little bit later, but I'm definitely obviously trying to trade into the, the end of that tier three.
0: Yeah, so the the tier breaks are pretty similar to me. There's kind of a soft break after you know Saquon, of course. and there's another soft break at 1.04 for me. Um, instead of 1.05. I just can't quite put Chubb in in that category. So it's, you know, it's Geis, Mayfield, and Rosen for me. But And there's kind of a soft break right there. And then it's basically just the rest of the first round for me. Um, the rest of the, uh, the running back group. And then, you know, throw in Darnold, Lamar Jackson. And, man, maybe even Josh Allen. And, Pot- you know, maybe... Nah, not really the wide receivers. I'm I'm not excited about any of the wide receivers, to be totally honest. So, yeah, it's right around the end of the first round when all those running backs run out. Right around, you know, carry-on Johnson is kind of the end of the tier for me. And then it's a pretty hard break because I don't like these wide receivers. Some of them had decent, you know, decent landing spots, but uh, not... I I don't really like the talent so much, and then guys that really like the talent I don't like the landing spot. So I'm I'm I I, I haven't been drafting a whole lot of wide receivers. Put it that way. So yeah, the the tier kind of breaks right around the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, right around when those wide receivers start to come off the board. That's about when I start trading back because I'll take any of those wide receivers if I need one or just trading out altogether.
2: So do you have, you've got all eight running backs ahead of the the top receivers. Yeah. Okay. So that's fair enough. And I think, I think that that's, I think I'm on the same page with you. My whole thing was basically like, I know that some of those guys will fall. Like I know either, Um, DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley will or both will go in the top 10 most times. Yeah. Uh, So that pushes those guys back to make that tier a little bit larger for me. Uh, But I agree with you in that I'm taking I'm taking those eight receivers and the top three quarterbacks I'm sorry, the eight running backs and top three quarterbacks probably above any of the receivers.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm still throwing in Lamar Jackson in there as well that I would take ahead of those wide receivers. But, I mean, I do have to qualify this again and, and point out that, you know, these these teams of mine, for the most part, have already been built around wide receivers and quarterbacks. So I'm not really looking for, right. you know, I, I don't want to wait on DJ Moore, essentially. I don't believe that these rookie wide receivers, any of them, are gonna do anything in year one because rookie wide receivers don't do that. Except for Christian Kirk, he's not gonna do anything either. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, you you he could he could for sometimes they do. You just can't count on it. And these teams of, of that I'm that I'm building, you know, I need instant production for them to to really have a place on my roster otherwise yeah i mean they're they're gonna get pretty buried in my my tier rankings because you know i i if if i was gonna wait on a rookie wide receiver you know if i was gonna wait a year or two why not michael Gallup or dante pettis or you know any of these other guys equiname is saint brown for me i mean that's a guy that i really like so i know that that you guys aren't nearly as into him as I am but i mean i i would just as soon wait for him as anybody else so you know why not trade back and just get whatever wide receiver happens to fall to you the only the only way that these guys kind of creep up for me is so i i i need to run this trade by you guys this is something i did and it's a 14 team super flex league I won the championship last year and that's a team that I talk about all the time where I started off heavy on quarterbacks. I also have to acknowledge that Todd Gurley did a lot to win me that championship. But I traded out of the first round to get some more quarterback depth. And then my wide receivers are kind of old. They're kind of they're not great um the ones that I do have and So I had an opportunity to fix my wide receivers. I traded Todd Gurley. I got back Michael Thomas and 2.04, which ended up being Cortland Sutton. And I, I feel like with that one move, I was able to just completely fix my wide receiver core. And to me, that's the only way that it's really worth it is because I desperately needed wide receiver help. And I was able to get young and get lean at the wide receiver position. Even though I had to give up Todd Gurley to do it,
1: yeah, I, I love getting Cortland Sutton there at two point oh four. I mean, I think that's great value. So I, essentially, trading Todd Gurley for Cortland Sutton and uh, Michael Thomas, I personally, I I think I think we all know where I stand with Michael Thomas. He's my wide receiver too in Dynasty, um, and so I I would definitely do it um, if I can get Michael Thomas plus. Even though I really like Todd Gurley, and I think that you could have kept him and been really happy i i think i would have done it what about you travis would you have done that deal
2: man it's pretty it's pretty close i'd like to think you could get more for Gurley, honestly but it i mean it yeah i don't know man it's close and i get the argument you know michael thomas is should have a longer career than Todd Gurley I don't know I mean I'm not as high on Thomas as you are James and I'm higher on Gurley than you are John so (laughs) it's kind of a weird spot for me um but yeah James did you have any thoughts on the general tier breaks as far as the first round or or you know early second
1: yeah, I kind of did mine a little differently. I did mine positionally. And the reason why I did, did mine this way is because a lot of times I'll go into a rookie draft and I'll, I'll have kind of a position pegged out, either a position of strength for that, that draft or a position that I really want to look to either get younger at or improve on during the draft. So to me, I did it positionally. And for me, uh, there's, there's a top four quarterbacks, um, and it's in this order for me. It is Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Sam Darnold. Um, That's changed a little bit for me based on landing spot and based on kind of where I think um, the ceiling is for some of these guys and where I'm willing to take a little bit more risk. But those four to me, I want one of those four. If I'm looking at a quarterback in a super flex league, I want to make sure I'm getting one of those four and I'd feel good with one of those four if I need to add that. So, that's where the tier break is for me. After that, you see names like Josh Allen, I would think, Mason Rudolph. Um, and there are some others that, that are down there in that tier that I, I wouldn't feel as comfortable taking. So I'd want one of those top four quarterbacks if I'm looking at quarterback. The running backs, it's it's, it's a clear top eight, in my opinion. And the top eight, uh, my order is obviously Saquon Barkley is one. Nick Chubb is two. Darius Geis is three. Ronald Jones is four. Sony Michelle is five. um, And uh, at six is interesting because I have. uh, Hold on. Hold on. Royce Freeman. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yes, Yes, it is. Okay. So let me start that over.
2: No, no, no. Go ahead. It's Royce Freeman.
1: (laughs) So at six, I have Royce Freeman. yes (laughs) At, yes <laughs> at, at seven how, how, at how much seven i ever shot penny and at eight i have Carrion johnson yes i have royce freeman at, at five. how much did it hurt to it, admit at that i care at, at yeah at six actually can can i go back can i just go back and put him at eight just so that way i don't have to hear travis
0: <laughs> make
1: me acknowledge the fact that i i acknowledge royce freeman no i his landing spot is great it really is and i i can't deny that Mm-hmm. I, I think he, uh, he may have opportunity, but I want one of those top eight. After that, I think it's a big drop off. I mean, to me, that next it's back huge. is probably Kaylin Belage. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge. It, it, it is. If, if, if I need a running back or I want a running back, and I think that's the most talented position in this draft, I want one of those top eight. I want to make sure I get one of those top eight if I need a running back or I want to get a running back in this draft. So to me, that's that there's a big tier break there. For so what you I see think we're...
2: that so mm-hmm. I'm sorry to cut you off there, James. No, you're good. I think that's a good, like solid point though, that we need to make is we all agree that there's top eight running backs and then the top few quarterbacks. And we we would all take the quarterbacks and all eight running backs above the receivers. Is that correct,
1: James? Are you on board with that as well? No, I, I don't know that I am. I, I guess it really depends. To me, it's on team build. And I, I don't think I would. I There are guys, first off, I wouldn't take those. Uh, I'd probably take maybe two of the quarterbacks over my top receiver. I'd probably take five running backs over my top receiver. Um, and I wouldn't take any tight end. So I don't think I would. I have a clear break at wide receiver, but I, I don't think I would do that. I think um, so who's
2: your, who's your wide receiver one? Cause it lo- sounds like you're, you're pegging him in right around the one Oh eight.
1: Yeah. And that for me is DJ Moore. And I know that uh, Travis, you and I are a little bit different because we have different feelings on Cam Newton. And to me, I, I really like DJ Moore's landing spot. I feel like the opportunity is there for him to catch a lot of passes. And I, I like his, I, I like his overall role. What, what it should be in that offense. I feel like you should see a lot of passes in a PPR league. I think he's going to to put up some good numbers, so I, I have him there. Uh, my My second wide receiver is Calvin Ridley because I have a clear four here. Um, is Is Calvin Ridley? I would say Calvin Ridley is my second wide receiver. Uh, my third wide receiver would be Cortland Sutton. Um, he would be in that top tier, and then my last wide receiver in that top tier is Christian Kirk. Um, I would have him in that top tier as well. I love his and you got him. You got him too, way down Scott. there. I I would put him. I'd put him a little bit behind some of the other guys. He and Cortland Sutton are very close for me. I've seen him go much higher than Sutton, though, so that's why I don't own a lot of Kirk. Is because I think I'd rather have Sutton, but boy, it's close with them. I mean, they're neck and neck to me. So, um, but I
2: honestly think this might be the first time I've ever verbalized it. I think Christian Kirk is my wide receiver one in this class.
1: Oh, you wow! That's such a
2: take. No, so I mean, it's not really. It's I mean, I like the landing spot, and that's I mean, that could be, con like construed as a homer take, I suppose. Um, but I, I mean, it's probably my favorite landing. I don't like the I don't like the Carolina landing spot for DJ Moore. I love that uh, spot. Calvin. I don't Calvin Ridley. I've been low on for I mean since January. Mm-hmm. I don't I, you know I don't. And then Sutton obviously is super blocked for year one. I don't know, man. I, I think but that's
0: every, every, I'm telling you every rookie wide receiver, you cannot expect anything from the, any of these guys. No, 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 I know. And
2: I'm, I'm not even saying that I'm not even saying any of these guys are going to be contributors to your fantasy team, but there's a difference between being a contributor and gaining value. And that's what I'm looking for in year one is for a guy to get enough work to flash and and gain value as opposed to like Cortland Sutton, I strongly believe he's gonna lose value. Oh, oh in I mean, in as far as like a consensus value, because even fantasy players, even dynasty players have a short-term memory. And if this guy comes out and has twenty catches, Like he's gonna he's gonna lose value. That's just the way it is. Uh, Up until the point where Denver gets rid of Demaryius Thomas and or Emmanuel Sanders, then obviously he'll get a spike in value. But I, my whole thing is like, there there needs to be enough in year one to where the guy has enough opportunity to flash and show like, okay, like this guy's going to be something, you know, and then that's enough in the, in the dynasty community for that asset to gain value. And I think Christian Kirk is in an opportunity to do that. DJ Moore could be Um, Calvin Ridley probably could have a decent year, but I think, I think the general consensus is he's kind of a, a, an NFL wide receiver too. And Julio's not going anywhere. And then I'll be—I'll go back to Cortland Sutton. I mean, he's blocked. So, a, a, aside from injury, I don't think Cortland Sutton is going to gain value. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where—that's where I'm going to put my—that's where I'm going to put my my poker chips. And I know it's probably a hot take. You guys probably don't agree with it, but no. and, and I, I did say like Christian Kirk ends that tier for me, mm-hmm. but he doesn't—he doesn't really. He ends that tier for me because he's usually one of the last guys taken in that tier, but I would take him above Ridley and more and Sutton. Right.
1: Wow. Okay. That's interesting. I, I, I'll tell you what I was not high. I think, you know, this traps, I was not high in Christian Kirk pre-draft. I wasn't, he would not have been in my top tier. I, I don't know if he would have been in my second tier, But his landing spot moved him up that much for me. So I could see if you were already high on him and then you really, uh, you know, that landing spot really crushed it for you and put him as your wide receiver one. I could see that. I really could um, because I I feel like he is in a good position to grow with a quarterback that's in the same class. They're going to go through a lot of the same learning curves. The fact that they can grow together, I think they can build some chemistry. Larry Fitzgerald's an excellent receiver to learn from. If Christian Kirk can do all the right things, i think he's in an excellent position so yeah i mean i i'm really high on him too and uh, and i can understand him being your wide receiver one if he was your wide receiver three or four pre-draft i could see that i I could see him making that jump i didn't for me but i could see where he would uh, for you
2: i want to add a little bit too to the whole homerism thing in that there there might be some credence to that only in the fact that I'm pretty tuned into the the local media, and so I'm hearing a lot of the quote unquote behind the scenes kind of stuff. Where I mean, I'm hearing all sorts. Everything I've heard about this guy has been positive, positive. and I could that could be tainting my viewpoint a little bit. In that, obviously, guys that are in Phoenix or in Arizona covering the Cardinals are probably going to most likely, most of the time, spin it in a positive direction. Um, So I'm aware of that, too, and I try not to let that affect it, but my larger point is I hear a lot about the guy, uh, and every single thing I'm hearing is positive, other than, I mean, he had, obviously, was throwing rocks at cars like a dumbass, but those charges were recently dropped, and everything I've heard about, everything else I've heard about his character has been fantastic, Um, and his work ethic. Like James, I know one of your issues with, with him was you, when you were watching his film, you kind of saw him maybe avoiding contact and not being really, you know, that, that really aggressive player. And everything I've heard has been the opposite of that. As far as his work ethic goes, like he's the first one in the last one out kind of thing. I mean, he's, he's texting these plays, texting fits and and Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen, like the day he was drafted trying to learn things and you know all that kind of stuff probably adds into that a little bit for me so I will put that disclaimer on it and that I'm as far as just me being more plugged into this team I could have that sort of bias built built in but it's because I am getting that information and that's factoring in for me does that make sense
1: yeah, absolutely. It it does make sense. I guess my thing though is that this time of year, everyone looks great. Every rookie is phenomenal. They're all doing everything they're supposed to. And I I've done a lot yeah, for of, sure, of, for done, sure. And I've done a lot of homework on Christian Kirk. And you're right. He's he's a high character guy, and and that, you know, that's going to speak volumes in that locker room. I still I and, and again, you know, it, it still remains to be seen when pads are on and footballs being played if he's going to take contact head on if he's going to dive for that first down or if he's going to go out of bounds, two yards shy to, you know, to save, save face for another day. So, and, and again, you know, that's, that's a minor thing. You know, he can still be effective even being that player, but, and that was just a minor thing that I saw when I watched. But again, I, I, you're absolutely right. The more I looked into Christian Kirk and the more I kind of dug into him, he is definitely a high character guy, a good walker room guy, I know that, like you said, he had that incident, but you know, all, all signs point to him being an excellent teammate. So, I think, uh, I think you know, there's there's a lot of positives there with Christian Kirk.
2: Cool. We need to we need to move on here, John. Do you have any quick comments on Kirk or the wide receivers in general that we were talking about? You haven't spoken in a little
0: while. <laughs> yeah, uh, not really. I mean, just to kind of reiterate the point, I guess to me i i don't even rank these these four guys necessarily you know it's just kind of to me they're all so close and like i said earlier you know some talented guys ended up in bad situations and some some less talented guys ended up in some really good situations and i just i i i'm happy to get any one of those guys kind of in the middle of the second round i'm i'm not willing to trade up for any one of them. And that's why the tier, you know, the tier kind of ends with the running backs for me.
2: That's totally fair. So speaking of trading up or trading down, that's kind of where we're going to go next here. So which, which trades have you done? Let's talk about this a little bit in more of a larger point of view or wider point of view Um, let's talk about trade backs. Have you guys done any trade backs or trade outs? Like if you're sitting at a spot and you, you know, what, what spots are you sitting at where you've gotten offers where you're like, all right, well, there's not really anybody here or this trade is too good to pass up or there's, you know, nobody here that I really want to target. Um, so have you trade back? Have you traded back? Have you traded completely out of that round or that draft and why, um, so I, we'll start with you, John. Have you? Do you have anything here for for trading back or trading out?
0: I've done a little of both. Yeah. Um. One of the one of the moves that that I've made fairly consistently is to trade back. So, like I said, the the you know that second tier, so to speak, it kind of breaks right after one point oh four for me. So there have been times where I was at one oh five, one oh six. And I've done this several times now. I've traded back in the first round to around, you know, 108, 110. Sometimes even a little further than that. And you can get, you know, an, an extra second round pick. Sometimes you can get a 2019 first on top of the, you know, the just to move back, you know, four spots. And it's so totally worth it because, you know, th- when you're when you're sitting at 106 all of those guys look so so similar to me and you know in fact these running backs kind of come down to roster construction a little bit that's why I get Rashad Penny so often is because I already have Chris Carson you know if i if it was a roster where i had Peyton Barber then i'd go after Ronald Jones i love him but i don't have him on any roster because he just doesn't make as much sense as some of these other guys and, you know, same thing with Royce Freeman. I end up with him in a few leagues because I've got D'Angelo Henderson and Devontae Booker already on roster. So that's kind of the strategy that I like to employ. And then, you know, watching Sam Darnold falling into the late first round, um, you know, you can, you can trade back, add a little bit of draft capital, and then still get Darnold in a super flex league, which is crazy to me. But, I mean, there's there's kind of no reason to stay at 106, you know, at 105-106 when 110 is the exact type of value as that pick.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, John. I I haven't traded back as much, but early on when I had some of the early rookie drafts that I was doing, um, I, I wasn't trading down. I was trading out uh, in a lot of first rounds, and normally I had mid to late firsts in these drafts and I, I was trading out and I was getting offers that I really liked. Like I, one offer, I got Trey Burton and a 2019 first for my uh, 2018 first, which was like the one seven, I think. Um, And, and in a wow. super league, yeah. And I, I was, I was ecstatic to get that. Uh, I, There's been several other offers that I've received. A lot of it is I, I want a 2019 first plus, and that's what I've been doing. So next year, I, I've got a lot of teams that are that are loaded on first round draft picks. As a matter of fact, I think you and I, Travis, are in one where I have it's a 16 team league, uh, super flex league. And I, I think I have three first round picks already in that one just by trading out of my second round picks in that thing. So that's what I'm saying is I, I think I've been blown away. By some of the <laughs> one, one of those
2: teams. was one of those was from me.
1: I think it was. for <laughs> Kurt too, Wasn't it? I think it was.
2: We'll get um, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I that's what I've been doing. I honestly, especially early on, I was doing that just because, really, I, John, you said it. There was a lot of players that I was very high on that ended up in poor landing spots, and then a lot of the players I wasn't very high on ended up in great landing spots. And it took me a little bit to kind of readjust my rankings and really kind of dig into my feelings and say, okay, you know, do I think that this player who I didn't you know, wasn't as high on as everyone else can succeed in this role when he's here. And instead of trying to to make that pick, I was just trading out to next year and hoping that, you know, um, that I'll be able to have a better read on that rookie class when I have to make those picks. Not to mention the fact that, John, you and I, being able to look ahead a little bit, you and I kind of build a little differently. I don't build around receivers normally. Normally it's quarterbacks and then running backs for me. So my receivers normally have a lot of depth, but they don't have a ton of top end talent. So with receivers, I'll have five, six, seven options that I can start every week, but I don't have that top guy. I've got, you know, two number two, number twos and a number three and two number fours. And, you know, I know true number one. Well, next year, I know that the receivers coming out are supposed to be really good. So if I can get two or three picks and I can take two or three, you know, chances on a receiver that's really going to help me that that kind of helped make my decision in a lot of those. So yeah, a lot of them, I haven't traded back as much as John has, but I've traded out. And that's kind of what I've been getting in return is a lot of future picks. Plus uh, either a, a current asset that I can add to my roster, which is what I like to do. Or if not, you know, I'm, I'm trading down to a mid second and adding a first next year, you know, for a late first this year, something like that. Uh, what about you, Travis? Have you had any luck doing anything like that? Trading trading down or trading out? Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. That's
2: I I mean, so it, it obviously depends team to team. Like I love the idea of what you're talking about of trading out or trading back and getting a nineteen for like a future first, because I mean that that's really the one time you're gonna get a steep discount on the future firsts is during your current rookie draft, you know. So I, I like that idea. I also think there's situations in where I'm willing to give up a future first, and we'll we'll hit on that in a minute. But yeah, so for, mainly for me, like one instance I was at the clock at or I was on the clock at 107. And at that point we had so I had Rojo, Penny, Moore, Darnold, Jackson, Carrion, and Freeman were all available. And I was obviously targeting Royce Freeman in that area I didn't really need to go quarterback in this draft Um, and I knew I knew that Royce Freeman wasn't going to go at 107 so I traded back and the only the only real trade offer I could find was the 108 which is only one spot but I managed to pick up a 19 third which isn't a whole lot but I moved from 107 to 108 and got a, a 19 third for it and I still got Royce Freeman so that's really like my favorite type of trade is, you know, I got Royce Freeman for free. I mean, I got that. T- well, no, I got the 2019 third for free and I still got the guy I wanted. Um, the Um uh, So another example of trading out really was I had the 312 in a league and I traded it for a 2019 second just straight up the 312 for a 2019 second. And I think that's kind of the same thing you're talking about. And that's really where you can take advantage of those situations. You know, if you've got a, if you don't really have any target players in the, in that area, uh, and you know, you're not going to get an immediate contributor entry anyway, most likely at the 312. So you can turn that into a second round pick, which obviously could be the two twelve, or it could be the 201 204 or something like that. So I like that idea. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the idea of, you know, if you are in an area of the draft where your guys are gone, uh, you don't really love anyone that's available, absolutely, you throw that out there and you look to move back and and gain some future assets. Um, let's move on to the same question, but with trading up. Have you guys traded up in any drafts? Um, and if so, who for? And what, you know, where were you and where did you move up and, and what did you give up to to do that, to do that deal? And do you think it's worth it? I, I've got, this is where I've been alluding to my example of Christian Kirk. Um, so I'll, I'll hit on that in a minute here. But do you guys have any examples or strategies that you're looking to employ as far as certain tiers you're trading up into, certain guys you're trading up for?
0: Yeah, the only way I'll really do it is to get into the top four. And to be honest, I mean I, I really kinda prefer to get to the top three unless, you know, 102 was Darius Geis. I'm I, I I have Darius Geis in several leagues. I've ended up, you know, moving up and drafting him in several leagues, but to be totally honest, as much as I like Geis, It's because I keep getting stuck with him, you know, trying to trade up to get one of those two quarterbacks, and you know they go two and three, and then Geist goes is is number four for me. So, you know, it's either trade up into the top three to make sure that you get one of those quarterbacks, or you know wait until four is on the clock. And then trade up for it if you know that you're going to get one of the quarterbacks. That's the only way i do it. Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen are such such good prospects. And, you know, worth the, the taxi squad stash that I'm willing to trade up to do it. And it kind of takes a lot sometimes. I mean, I've traded up from 108 to 104, and it took, you know, a... a 2019 first i think to do it um kenny galladay in one case to move up but in order wow move, and who did
2: you who did you take there i'm sorry i missed that uh
0: either mayfield or rosen okay um yeah so that's that's the trade-up and uh, man it feels really steep to to move up for you know four to six spots something like that and have to give up a future first or Kenny Galladay, a guy who I'm really high on, but, you know, in order to get that quarterback, that long-term quarterback in a Superflex league, that I'm, I'm willing to do it. That's that's kind of the only way that I really trade up because, again, I mean, the tier break's right there for me, and, and they all look the same. So if I'm not going to get one of those quarterbacks, you know, I'll, I'll just hang back at the end of the first round and... Get a running back who's going to be, you know, awfully similar to the guys that I could get it, it, if if I did move up. Tell you
1: what, I haven't had a whole lot of luck moving up, but uh, there was one week that I was able to move up, and I think one of the things that I have to address is pay attention. Just pay attention to the board because I I, I was in a week hey, and I, I'm high on Ronald Jones, right? And I need a running back, but. Uh, What I had done is I I had a bunch of picks in this draft. And so I ended up being able to take two guys that I I really liked. And I was able to take a quarterback, which is Josh Rosen. And I was able to take DJ Moore, wide receiver. I still needed a running back, but I wasn't really – I mean, I wasn't ready to pull the trigger on a running back where I was at. So I ended up taking those two guys. Well, Ronald Jones at the 110, the guy says, hey, you know, this pick's available. Ronald Jones was still on the board at that point. He was one of the two running backs still on the board uh, that were in my top eight tier, and it was him and on Johnson. And so, I was able to make a trade up, and basically, I had the 2.02 02 in this draft. So I traded the 2.02 02, um, and a thir- my 3.02, as well as I think I think this draft went six rounds, and in, in my sixth, and I was able to get up to 110. And I was able to grab Ronald Jones. And when I looked back, I looked at, I I drafted three players in the first round and I'm so happy at the talent that I was able to acquire in that draft. So I think to me, it's always making sure that you pay attention because it's hard. You know, uh, some of us have, have different leagues or, you know, a couple different rookie drafts going on at the same time. It can be difficult to pay attention to everything and make sure that you're on track with it. Do your best that, you know, to, to at least know kind of what's on the board, you know, because my pick wasn't coming up for a while, but knowing that somebody, you know, wanted to announce that their pick was available and knowing that Ronald Jones was on the board, I was able to make an offer pretty quickly. And after I made the pick, it, you know, a couple of different league mates came out and said, man, I'd have given you more for that pick to him. So, again, just just something that you kind of learn is that, you know, if you can, and obviously you can't always, but if you can, know, know the board, know who's on the board, know what you want, and know that, you know, be, be swift because sometimes you can make a deal on a player that someone will take, and they didn't didn't really shop that that pick as much as maybe they should have, uh, and they took the first deal that kind of came to them. So that was something that I learned uh, when trading up in this draft was, man, you know that that worked out really well. I was I was able to, to get back to that guy pretty quickly, and it made it made a big difference. So um, yeah, that was the only the only week I've really traded up in. Um, as far as a rookie draft goes, to get somebody. Normally I'm trading out, but that one was was an instance I traded up in. So, um, yeah, what about you, Travis?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, that's a killer deal. <laughs> you, got the, you gave up the 202 and a third and a sixth for the 110. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. Um, so this is where we, we talk about my Christian Kirk love a little bit more um yeah, we don't have to dwell on it here yeah so as far as trading up really so essentially i have i have given up in in three different rookie drafts i have given up a 2019 first essentially for christian kirk um wow. i didn't have a pick yeah i didn't have a pick in the zone in which he was falling. Um, but that's another kind of key for me is I, I feel like he was falling. So I don't think he really, um, I, I guess I, I, I feel like he was falling in, in every one of these situations. Um, so basically I have given up. I, I, so, okay. So let me backtrack a little bit. I've gotten Christian Kirk at 203, And, and two Oh seven in three separate super Flex rookie drafts. I, especially the two Oh seven, but even the two Oh four, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty darn close to the end of that tier. And that even happened to, I mean, there's a couple players that weren't in my top three tiers that went above Christian Kirk that forced him to drop down a little bit. And I just, I wasn't in that range, but I couldn't, I could not bring myself to not try to, to get in and, and get him because he was still there at 203, 204, and 207. So in three different leagues, I've given up a 2019 first straight up for a 2018 second in that, you know, I, I give a 2019 first for the 203, for the 204, for the 207 to get Christian Kirk specifically because he was falling. So what do you guys think about that strategy in general? Um, My argument really is I value Christian Kirk as a 2018 first round player. So I don't really have a problem trading a future first for a player I value as a 2018 first round pick. Um, I also will throw in the fact that none of these teams really were in rebuild mode at all. Um, and I don't, I don't know that that matters necessarily, but what, what are you guys thinking as far do you think I'm a dumbass <laughs> for, for paying all these future firsts for that. Christian Kirk?
0: No, just kidding. Yeah. I mean, the value is fine. Um, at the end of the day, the value is fine. I mean, if you've got him as a first round talent, then, you know, the fact that you're so the way I always look at this is a future first is worth a current second. So, I mean, if you're giving up essentially second-round value to get a guy that you view as a first-round talent, then, I mean, you're, you're killing it in that trade. I don't agree on Christian Kirk, but I, I, I can also get on board with it just because of the fact that Christian Kirk right now is on an NFL offense. I mean, I personally would way rather have a shot at some of the wide receivers coming out next year. I think there's probably, there's at least four wide receivers coming out in 2019, at least we think they'll be in the NFL draft, that I would take ahead of really any of the guys that came out in 2018. So, I mean, I I personally would really like a shot at some of those guys. But there is some value in the fact that right now Christian Kirk is on an NFL team. He's gonna go through the growing pains in 2018 and begin his ascent in 2019. While you're waiting on those other guys, you know the the rookies next year, he's gonna start. You know his his career arc is uh, is gonna start to take off. So. You know, you you get some fantasy value from the position a lot sooner with Christian Kirk, so I'll I'll give you that. I I don't totally hate it, but I <laughs> fair a enough. Hate it, <laughs> James?
2: Am I a dumbass?
1: No, no, you're not. Um, I'm hey. some of the, some of the same things that John said because I think I think he made a lot of sense when he said you know if you're gonna deal a first-round pick, a future first, go get your guy. You know, if you if you were high on, on Christian Kirk and you said, man, I would have taken him at 110 or 112, and this is a 16-team league and he's there in the second round, dude, yeah, go go deal your future first, get your guy, and go, hey, I got two guys that I would have taken in the first round. Yeah, it cost me a first next year, but, I, you know, it cost me a first this year and a first next year to get two guys that I had first-round values on. So, I mean, you can walk around feeling good about it, right? So absolutely i don't i don't think that that you know you're a dumbass at all i think that that's (laughs) that's the move that you make if you're sold on a guy man you go get him go get him and i you know the the overpay thing and i real quick i just want to address on it i i hate hearing overpay because yeah there is overpay when you don't understand the value of a player and you you know you say okay well i value this guy way higher than someone else so i'm gonna you know for instance I'm going to start up draft, and I love Michael Crabtree. I think he's going to have a great year. I'm going to take him in the third round. Well, that's ridiculous, because no matter how much you love Michael Crabtree, you can get him in the seventh round and still, you know, make you you still had him by two rounds, you know. So that's just it. You you have to understand the value, but when it comes to rookies, nobody knows how to value these guys. They haven't played a game or a snap in the NFL yet. We're, we're it's our best guess, you know. So if you're high on a guy, go get him. In, in my opinion, especially in these rookie drafts, don't you know, I mean, if you could trade down and you, you know, you're pretty positive, you can get a guy great, you know, do that. But if if you think that there's, there's an inkling of a doubt that if you take a trade, you're going to get the guy that you really want and that you have targeted, don't trade, just take the guy and don't feel bad about, you know, if, if, you know, other people didn't have him slotted that highly, you know, if, if you want that guy, make sure to go get him, especially in these rookie drafts. Cause like I said, there's, no one knows, you know, no one, no one knew Kareem Hunt was going to be, you know, lead the, lead the league in rushing his rookie year, you know, I mean, no one knew that, you know, so that's just it is, you know, take, take your guy, take your, your swing. So I, I like it, Travis. I, I really do. Yeah. You, you had a guy, you valued him, you, you paid for it.
0: Yeah. And, and just to kind of, add to that a little bit i mean as much as i say i i really want to be in on the 2019 first rounds because of the wide receivers coming out you still have a year to get back there so you know that's that's why that first round pick in 2019 has essentially second round value because it's got a a long way to go to mature you know so and you've got plenty of time to get that back so yeah i uh uh, that that i guess that helps as well i'm i'm not <laughs> i'm not quite as high on future draft picks as a lot of people are and that that's kind of the point that i always try to make is you got plenty of time man to to trade back into that first round so we're kind of up against the clock here but we've really gotten into we've kind of crafted some draft strategies but we haven't talked a whole lot about some specific names so let's get through this real quick. Just before uh, before we get out of here, let's just go over some specific names, some guys that you're targeting and some guys that you're avoiding. And let's start with you, Travis, and we'll just go. We, we really want to know some guys that you're targeting kind of in the mid to late first round and guys you're avoiding altogether in the first round. And let's start there.
2: All right. So late first round, no surprise. It's Royce Freeman and Carryon Johnson for me. Um, guys, I am avoiding in the first round pretty much Ronald Jones. Uh, for the sake of time, we'll leave it at, at Rojo. Not, I'm not drafting Rojo.
1: <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, guys that I'm I'm looking to acquire in a super flex, I want Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round. So that's a guy that I'm really looking at and pegging as a guy that I want and I'm targeting. Guy I'm avoiding is Rashad Penny. Uh, sorry, John, I know that you got a bunch of shares of him, but that's a guy that I wasn't high in pre-draft. I don't love his landing spot. Even though there's a lot of draft capital there, I'm not willing to pay a first for him.
0: What about you, John? Well, and that's the whole thing. I mean, w- the guys that I really target are the guys that make the most sense for my particular roster. So, again, mostly a handcuff running back, and then those, those quarterbacks, especially, you know, mayfield and rosen but it if at the end of the day as long as i'm getting one of the top four quarterbacks i'm happy and then i'm avoiding nick chubb just because i i i don't trust the situation not not just yet not with carlos Hyde still there so what about kind of the mid rounds the second round and the third round who are some guys that you're targeting and who are some guys you that you're avoiding
2: so for me, early second round, Christian Kirk, all day long. Obviously, we spent enough time on that. Um, guys, I'm avoiding in the second round. I only wrote down one guy for avoid, and I'm going to have to apologize to you again, John, because it's uh, it's ESB, man. Equinamia, St. Brown, I just can't pull the trigger on him in the second round. Um the the weird drama and the lack of draft capital. I mean, straight up refusal by teams to draft this guy for six six rounds. I just I can't do it. So I, I'm not drafting ESB. I'm definitely obviously targeting Christian Kirk. Where are you at on on those James?
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm probably staying away from ESP as well, um, only because of that situation. However, I will say the upside is pretty high for him. But for me, the guys that uh, one of the guys that I am avoiding is Naheem Hines. This is a guy who has trouble hanging on to the ball in college. Um, I don't know that he's he's a great fit outside of a pass catching speed back, but I think a lot of people are over drafting him. I'm seeing him go, you know, wait second, mid mid to late second, and I I just don't see his value there. I don't know that he's the, the pseudo starter in Indy just because he got drafted there. So I'm avoiding him. A guy who I'm taking a uh, fire on, this should come as no surprise because I own him in almost every league, is Traquan Smith. That's a guy I can get in the, the second, third type round, um, and that's a guy I'm looking to add at that point of the draft. So, um, yeah, I've kind of gone over him, too, and kind of why. So that's that's where I'm at with that.
0: And I'm targeting Kalen Balaj more than any other. I, I think that he kind of has his own tier. And right in the middle of the second round, and uh, anytime that, even if I have to move up a little bit, I, there's just such a huge drop off after Kalen Balaj. I think he's got an opportunity. And uh, beyond him, it, there are not a lot of running backs that, that I feel comfortable with. And then I'm I'm avoiding Mason Rudolph. Going into the draft, I loved his talent. I don't like the landing spot, even though he would have targets everywhere. I just, I don't know how long it's going to take for him to get Ben Roethlisberger out of the way. And I think that we might see Mason Rudolph move on before he actually takes over that job. All right. One last group of guys. Let's look at the late rounds. Some guys that you're avoiding and even more than that, though, give us some names that you're targeting. So this is where people kind of really kind of struggle at the end of the draft, trying to figure out who is worth a stash, who's worth a flyer. And a lot of people are probably trading out altogether, you know, just because they're not familiar enough with these names. So let's, let's come up with a few names to actually who are actually worth, you know, taking a shot on late in the draft. All right,
2: so starting with the third round, I've got Antonio Callaway, Mark Andrews, fourth round, Bo Scarborough, Ido Smith, fifth round, Chris Warren. Those are pretty much the guys I'm looking at. Um, As far as guys I'm avoiding, Auden Tate. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Not drafting Auden Tate. Okay.
1: Yeah, a a guy who I really like and who I'm targeting later is Kiki Kuti, a guy who Houston took receiver out of Texas tech guy who projects to be a slot receiver Houston. I I don't know. He's going to be coached by Wes Welker guys. Like that's, that's a big thing. Like he's, he fits perfectly into the slot. He doesn't really have a lot of competition. This is a guy who could be valuable right away for you and you can probably get him late third, early fourth. I mean, I've seen him last a lot longer than he should. He's going after guys like Deion Cain, who is a guy who I'm avoiding in the later rounds? I don't want anything to do with Dion De- uh, Kane. I don't want anything to do with uh, Darius Fountain, any of the receivers that the Colts took. It has nothing to do with Andrew Luck because I already know you guys are going to say, "Well, yeah, but you don't think Luck's going to play?" No, it has to do with the fact that I don't think any of them are any good. Uh, Dion Kane really on his tape just showed a, a, so much inconsistency; it, it was maddening. He'd make a great play and then he'd take about four plays off and. I don't want any part of that. You know, if I'm if I'm drafting a guy, uh, even in a later round, I don't even want a guy who who I feel is going to take plays off because I don't think they're going to see the field very often. So, those are guys I'm avoiding. But yeah, Kiki Kuti is a guy that I'm really high on and a guy who I would definitely be looking to add later on.
0: Nice. And I'm I'm avoiding Hayden Hurst. I want absolutely nothing to do with him. I just don't. I don't even think that he's the best rookie tight end on that roster. For the Baltimore Ravens give me Mark Andrews and uh Ian Thomas is a tight end that I would way rather take over Hay- Hayden Hurst at the same draft range and then some guys that I'm targeting John Kelly I think that there's a, I think that he that he plays a role this year I mean there's absolutely nothing predictive about this but I just think that I just have a feeling that Todd Gurley is going to the usage is going to catch up with him. He's going to deal with some injuries. And then Jalen Samuels is just kind of a do-it-all back. I mean, there was even question about what position he was going to play in the NFL. So to get a, a running back who can – I mean, he can play tight end. He can be your slot receiver. There's so much that that guy can do. And I think the Steelers are going to find a way to use him. So those are those are some of my uh, my favorite late-round targets to uh, strengthen a running back position all right so there you have it the super flex super show nuts and bolts of the rookie draft Uh, some strategies some names to target all throughout and uh, hopefully that's helpful hopefully that helps you navigate those super flex rookie drafts but we're going to wrap it there for the week and as we do we're going to ask you as always to do us a quick favor Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, and do us a huge favor and rate and review. It helps us to expand our reach, get out to more listeners, and expand the audience, and really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener.
2: Can I jump in real quick, John?
0: Yeah. A lot of you guys
2: tag us in your your trade pools, and that is awesome, and I so appreciate it. But I am seeing... A lot of times I'm tagged in my personal handle and then at superflexpod is also tagged. And I just want to throw it out there one more time. We are not at superflexpod anymore. We are no longer associated with that Twitter handle. If you want to reach us, make sure you include at superflexshow in those Twitter polls and we'll get it retweeted and get some comments on there for you.
0: That's a great point. We also are no longer associated with at superflex trades we're just taking all of those trades to at superflex show on twitter so go ahead and, and tag us send us those trades we can retweet them for you we can get you more comments more interaction more advice and sometimes we even bring them here on the show and analyze them there in the meantime follow travis at travis nfl james is at underscore james Sabrain. i'm at superflex dude And check out the entire DLF family of podcasts and uh, the DynastyLeagueFootball.com Twitter handle at DLFootball. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And until next week, Bye. bye.